I need Kevin to wipe that smile off his face. (laughs) We are. I refuse. (laughs) We're having. uh, This is. Is this the first time we've ever stopped because of technical difficulties? Yeah, normally we just push through and leave it all in for the listener. It got so jacked up, we had to like actually restart the intro. Mostly my fault. And it might continue to be my fault. My computer is not loving being back on the podcast train. Do you think your computers just burn out like from all the racism <laughs> and like needs a self-care break? I mean, Mike, so far my computer's... Oh, wow. It actually just did something crazy. My So far, my computer's main form of self-care has been playing with this little beach ball thing and also... <laughs> playing with updating zoom my computer is legitimately freaking out right now so i hope i'm recording and you could hear me that's why we got a backup baby that's why kevin rolls a backup yeah Yeah. the backup is my savior uh Um, i heard your computer's form of self-care is yoke and we live mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i heard that too i'll stop freaking out i'll stop freaking out this is yo's this racist andrew t tawny newsome producer kevin bartelt I am Welcome unbelievably back. tired. Thank you. I'm at the part of a season of television uh, where even though I have one of the easiest jobs on earth, I mm-hmm. still question just the nature of all my choices. And why um, is that? Because it's long hours? Because we're just, just kind of de- going late and there's, mm-hmm. you know, we're just in the middle of it. And so I'm just like very sleepy, um, but yeah. Thank you for thank you for covering last week. Thanks to Amani Gandhi for uh, actually knowing what the fuck she's talking about, which has got to be a real change for the listeners. Yeah, I was like, here's a treat for all of you: information, uh, <laughs> actual <laughs> ass knowledge, actual ass knowledge, and uh, yeah, it was. It fe- I listened back and it felt, uh, in the moment, it felt more, on my end, more chaotic than it sounded. So I, that might be Kevin's editing prowess, but in the moment when we were recording it, I was very much like, I want to make this a nice, easy time for Amani to come and talk about what she knows about. And instead, I just felt like I was like, and then also this is happening and, and we have to talk, uh, let's do a voicemail. Be- bye. Yeah. Like... <laughs> So, Andrew, I don't know what I don't know what it is about the two of us together, because I don't think anyone would say that, like, you're the grounding force here. (laughs) No, I'm the here. Here's what it is, is we both barely meet each other's low expectations, (laughs) which in a good way. But when we have someone who exceeds higher expectations, yeah, it it throws the balance off, and that's what it's like a little yeah, it's that's a little what frightening. That's what competence does. The presence of competence ter- makes us it just like whereas like you and I, yeah, I won't say the same level because I would submit you're still at a higher level of competence, but um, we're we're in the same ballpark as each other, and it doesn't look yeah. weird when we're just like. We don't. We both don't know in a similar way, um, and the pressure's off to yeah. just be like talking about your your dumbass t shirts or whatever. Speaking of, what are you wearing right now? Oh, you got a dumbass t shirt on. What I got this? this. 
at a um, secondhand store in New Orleans, but it's a Stroh's beer uh, ah. t-shirt, ah. Uh, which hopefully is not problematic. I guess it's definitely possible, but I have no idea. Um, mm. Mm. But this, Stroh's is like a Michigan uh, brand, and I love brands. Um, is the thing that everyone should keep in mind. Oh, I got a. Yes. I went to the the Angel City soccer game yesterday, and a listener uh, yelled Andrew at me while I was in the bathroom line. And then when I looked, I couldn't. I didn't have my like. I did, maybe I did have my glasses on, but I just didn't like. Couldn't it kind of look with masks and stuff. Kind of looked like someone. Maybe I knew, but then they their friend yelled. I like your podcast. And I was like, okay. okay. I was, was going like, to ask how you knew it was a listener, but that I sh- I'm glad I just waited for this, the rest yeah. of the story. And and I Andrew, so thank, uh, thanks podcast for podcast listener. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for saying hi. I'm sorry I had to pee so bad, but I basically was like, all right, gotta go. I feel like that's a that's an expected thing. If they if you're going to call out to someone in line for a bathroom, you, you're not counting on it being a quality interaction. Like they yeah. got a place to be. I had one one very specific place to be, and that was peeing. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was nice. It's it's fun when that happens. Um, yeah, that's nice. I don't know. Um, I had a similar thing. I had a uh, a young person. <laughs> why why am I such a grandma? <laughs> a young person, a sweet young person, uh, approached me in a in a cocktail bar. Oh, cool. Yeah, they were very nice. Um, Look. If you'd like to approach us uh, in a theater and you're Ooh. in the cities of Boston, Minneapolis, Austin, or Brooklyn, uh, mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be playing playing mouth playing yeah. shows. We'll be yeah. doing Yosis races will be in your town. Boston on July 16th, Minneapolis July 30th, Austin August 20th, Brooklyn September 10th. We do not have ticket links uh, or any more info than that, but those shows have been confirmed. But you could just put say them on your little calendar now. Yeah. Yeah, they're confirmed. Um, just put them on your little calendar. And then when we have venue info, uh, then I think, I think be a we ticket actually link and probably do have venue info somewhere. It's just in our email. And, and all I did was write down the top line information from the person or from our agent, I guess we call it, the person who handles this shit. Look, uh, it's fine. There will be a more official email that says, here's a ticket link and here are the places you're playing. The actual we'll fucking the venue. That. We could also probably look it up, but that's just not going to happen. It's that's not, not how happen. we roll. That's Oof. some real guest host Imani Gandhi type uh, way to do this podcast. That's not a Tawny and Andrew Mm-mm. meeting the underside of each other's low expectations. <laughs> in though. In, in above the wire, but that wire is low. That, yeah, the wire's real low. And uh, w- w- look, you can't <laughs> disappoint. All suffering just comes from unmet <laughs> expectations, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we are high in the uh, barely met expectations. We're like a check minus on the uh, check, check plus, check minus system. But we're not a no check. Mm-hmm. Ex- it's like someone balancing and then you like, the camera zooms out and you see like the wire is like six inches off the ground. Like those people that put the rope between two trees. Yes. Oh yeah. No, not Slappers. even that. We're falling yeah. off that, but we're like, Oh, 
It was only six inches. Oh, the ground was I'm right okay. Here. I'm okay. Oh. I'm okay. Just like stepping off a curb a little bit. Ha! Ha! Oh, that was scary for a second, but I'm okay. That's how it goes. Um, I was going to talk about this more on Yo Can We Live, but I did want a little bit of good positive uh, news um, for this show, just because last week was so heavy and and the world remains heavy and, and things remain bad. But one thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the first all-black team of climbers to summit Mount Everest. Cool. Just took place on, I believe, May 15th. Their, their organization is called Full Circle. They were led by expeditioner Phil Henderson. And uh, it was them and their support team um, from the Sherpa community. And I believe it was eight people, but everyone who attempted the summit from that group. So that tells me that maybe a couple people had decided to turn back earlier or to not attempt the summit, um, as often happens on Everest, because it's fucking dangerous. But everyone who attempted the summit from that group made it. And yeah, that took the total number of black climbers ever to summit Everest from eight ever to uh, 15. So that means seven. Yeah. So seven more had made it. Wow. Which is crazy. What a crazy jump in (laughs) how many black people have ever stood atop the world's highest peak. And, you know, you might be like, why did they do this? <laughs> That's so dangerous. Why would anyone do that? I saw a lot of <laughs> black Twitter being like, good job, but also what the fuck are you doing? Um, <laughs> but, you know, re- representation in all fields matters and helps to inspire other black climbers and helps to get, you know, the kind of like celebrity-esque mountaineer people. It helps to make them more visible to brands and stuff so that they can you know, make a living and have kind of a livelihood out of it, which doesn't often go to climbers and outdoors people of color. So expeditions like that only help that. And Hmm. uh, yeah, it made me, made me happy. Amazing. Do you have any hiking plan for the summer, Tawny? Going to do any fun hiking trips? Well, I mean, after reading about that group, I I do not want to summit Everest. I don't even (laughs) think I want to do the Everest base camp trek. I think it's just too much at high elevation. There's just too many high passes for too long. But I am really interested in the Himalayas and Nepal in general. So there's a bunch of like foothill treks I really want to do, the Annapurna circuit. So I might be looking at doing some of that stuff in October if work and finances and stuff allow. But yeah, nothing, Damn. nothing dangerous and like you know, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> life altering, like climbing Everest. Look at you, big old, big old mountain plans. You know, I love having a good mountain plan. I also just like I really want to experience more of um, more mountaineering culture that isn't so European centric. Mm-hmm. And this is partially my fault for not doing as much in South America as I have in Europe. So. Definitely got Patagonia on the list. Definitely got, you know, all those big hikes on the list. But the most of my climbing and hiking has been in Europe and North America. So I just want to want to shake it up. Hell, I had no idea about any of this, if I'm being honest. That's amazing. You didn't I, know I mean, I, I knew. I didn't know that you I like you like this like stuff. The, <laughs> no, no, but like mountaineering, I guess that to me that feels different than what I perceive you to have generally been doing, but maybe I'm wrong. 
Is yeah. that because uh, to me it feels more like camping and backpacking, I guess. But I, I'll be a hundred percent honest; I don't really know the difference. Um, that's all. Um, I think mountaineering just involves a certain amount of climbing. I think the real distinction that we're talking about is, the, and again, this is more a conversation for Yo Can We Live, our Friday show, or is the racism antidote show, where we just talk about cool shit and hang out. You can get that at suboptimalpods.com. You can subscribe. Um, Two but plugs. I think the <laughs> the real distinction is between hiking versus trekking hmm. and oh. largely the term hiking is used more in the states and North America but trekking I think if you looked up a definition I technically think that trekking means multi-day you know bringing some amount of your supplies with you so that you can stay oh, along the trail else. as opposed to doing day hikes from a single like base camp um, I guess in my head, mountaineering, and this might also just be me not being fully cognizant of your gear. Uh, to me, mountaineering involves rope and one of those little axy things. Sure, sure. Axy kind of jams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that would be like climbing, mountaineering. I think mountaineering is more of a catch-all term. All right. But yeah, you would be right. There's less climbing in my past. Okay, that's and- <laughs> that. That's what I meant. That, I was like, I just like... I felt like I hadn't seen you again with a little pickaxe. That's that's <laughs> my main thing. I don't. You probably owed a little pickaxe, but I feel like I haven't seen it. But maybe I you, don't. You, I don't know that I own it. I think I've rented things, but okay. no. Largely, I'm just talking about multi-day treks. If there's climbing involved, it's because there's like lines or cables that have already been put in that are just like there for people. Mm-hmm. That okay. type of thing. All right. All right. Wow. So I'm glad I sorted this out. Though I didn't have the vocabulary, I think I, I think my sense of what you were up to was basically correct. Yeah, I man. Think. All, All I'm right. saying is I wanna go I wanna go traipse around some mountains that aren't largely inhabited by yeah. white folks. That's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. Not as much yodeling. So like when my uncle's like, so how's the radio show going? I'm like, it's a podcast. And he goes, yeah, but you have a microphone. I'm like, yeah, technically, yeah. Yeah, that's and, true. Like, and you can't see it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You can't see yeah. it? Okay, so that's a radio that's show. That's true. Okay, so that I was is there. a radio show. <laughs> I'm also like, I don't know why I'm being like cagey and weird. I think I'm trying not to get boring and in the weeds <laughs> about terminology because it doesn't matter. And I think it's kind of gatekeepery. And to bring it back around to this show, I think some of why, you know, people of color aren't as present in the outdoors all the time is that some of that language and stuff can be really intimidating of like, when do I need, you know, when do I need to know the difference between all the different types of gear and what goes where? And am I going to seem like I don't know what I'm talking about? And it's like, as long as you have enough information to keep yourself safe out there, Mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't, I don't buy into all the very community, Mm intra-community hyper-specifics of what that stuff means because at the end of the day you're just going for a walk i would be scared to even hold a pickaxe i'm just scared of pickaxes i think i'd bring a lasso instead of like the proper thing (laughs) yeah yeah just bring a lasso you know bring a uh bring just a couple of bungee cords yeah hook them to your belt bounce around (laughs) (laughs) i'm in boingy 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 what the small amount of uh racism news i saw was of the just the Elon Musk variety, because of that's what you see when you quickly glance at Twitter. I think we're done talking about that. Hopefully forever. He's just a racist. He's always been a racist. Apartheid uh, emerald heir. Uh, 
yeah, it turns out those those guys are racist, and then when they get rich, it gets worse. Is that fair? Um, did he do something specific? I don't know what you're referring to exactly. Or are you just talking about him ta- talking about buying Twitter, et cetera? I think he was like, well, I'm, I'm voting Republican now. And it's like, yeah, no shit, man. Oh, right. Like, we we weren't confused about where your politics sets are. Yeah. Um, um, okay, good. Well, I'm glad I don't have to know too much more about no, that. No, I don't. I, yeah, we don't have to do any of that. Should we? Okay, just because my brain is working at literally like 15% capacity right now. Sure. Should we just take a little break and do some voicemails, which are easy to react to? I think that's what the people are here for. The people are here for the racism voicemails. Are you sure they're not here for us and me mostly just actually not making sense? I think what they're here for is they didn't know how many times they were going to hear the word pickaxe in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And now they're like, whoa, I just fulfilled Mm -hmm. my hearing the word pickaxe on a podcast quota for maybe the year. (laughs) So, you're welcome, everyone. They didn't ax for any of this. Oh, we got to go. We'll be back. Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, We're back. Andrew's in a timeout for that joke. Oof. Boy, am I ever. All right. Let's just kick a voicemail. I think it will energize and revive us. It'll at least focus us. I'm going to tell you this. There's no nothing on this planet other than not uh, having worked as much as I've worked that will re-energize me. But it will this voicemail will actually focus us. Okay. It'll give us a direction. Because right now I'm just like, you know, who knows? Spinning around. Hi, uh, Andrew, Tawny, and other people. Um, uh, so, my <laughs> partner and I have a, a child, and uh, we're trying to figure out, like, if anything happens to us, who the kid should go to. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of good options. We both have, like, siblings and parents, but they're all, um, like, we're white, but we're also, like, atheists and progressive and care about diversity, et cetera, et cetera. And they're pretty much all, like, nice people, but definitely latent white supremacist Christian nationalists what? or so. So, like, <laughs> we, I mean, I don't, we don't have a lot of friends that would be okay with this, like, with, you know, taking on another human. Most of my friends don't have kids. Most of my partner's friends' kids are older or out already. Um, so just, you know, any advice on what to do with our kid other than don't <laughs> die? Uh, thank you. Call her right away. And I know Andrew's going to do this, too. I know this is why he picked the, the, the voicemail. <laughs> but I have to beat your ass real quick. We can get into what to do with your children. Thank you for calling two just famously and aggressively child-free people to uh, uh, talk to you about what to do with your children. But first, I have to whoop your ass for saying that your family is, quote, nice people and then you took half a breath and said latent white supremacists. The fact that you, even even if you're just kind of speaking casually, whatever, that's not fully what you mean. The fact that you think that those things can coexist uh, is super <laughs> fucked up. Like, how, how can you be like, oh, well, they're nice. They just, if you know, if it really came down to it, they think that the white race is the only race worth preserving. Like, what <laughs> what in your mind makes these nice people? 
Maybe yeah. you're maybe you're using the term nice in the way that I wish more people would in that like people are on the surface polite and cordial but are not in any way kind or empathetic. Maybe yeah. that's how you're using the word nice, but I fucking doubt it because well, you said it like, like it was a good thing. Nice to me and my kid, my white, my precious white right. baby. Me and my fellow whites. They're nice to us. <laughs> yeah. Which just tells me that you you don't have enough black and brown people around you looking at these people and uh, or I don't know. It just tells me that you're able to compartmentalize some shit that should not be compartmentalized. Yeah. So um this, so I do feel like the caller probably subconsciously was trying to make this like 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 by by framing it in like um in terms of like death or like how to raise kids in your absence mm-hmm. um making it like it's it's this weird thing where I'm like this is just about what do you, what do you do with this is what do you do with your racist parents mm-hmm. um and it is, you know, draw boundaries and really consider that their lack of respect for humanity is a serious flaw and that, um, you know, there's damage that's being done to your children and to you and to people around them by them. So, you know, consider having fewer ties with them. But it's also just like, I don't know. Yeah, of course. It's, it would be very tough if you died and left a child. Well, it it tells me that but the like, caller needed this hypothetical in order to address the fact that, like you yeah. said, these people are not great for their kids. When really it's like, they're they're currently not great for your kids. And yeah. just by the fact of you being around and, and thinking you're able to, like, shield them from this, it helps, but it's still yeah. a bad situation. So uh, it's weird that you needed the, like, yeah. what if we're dead and they're orphans and where yeah. did they go? Yeah, because the real answer should be the same thing that would happen if you didn't let your horrible racist parents raise this child, uh, which is yeah. what it should be if they weren't around or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's it's like one of those, like, in a sense, is a pickle for us because it's like, we don't fucking know. But the real answer is like, we don't know, but that's a bad situation and it will not be improved by the hypothetical and the current situation is not good. So like do something about that before you get into like, you know, hypothetical land about whatever tragedies. Um, And how do you not have any friends who would, I mean, yeah, I don't have kids. I could, I could fucking figure it out if I had to. Andrew, are you offering? We just, I'll take your kids. I don't think that's wise. This person's kids, but I'm just saying, yeah. You know, if, this is like... What if it's um, someone who yells at you online for the bathroom at a soccer game? I'm in. Would you take that person's kids? I, I'm I'm down. I'm down to watch whatever kid for however long. I don't give a fuck. What, do I, what else do I have going on? Watch. What else, what else do watch I have this. going on? Um, but no, because it's like, it's like, yeah, I think that's maybe what galls me about this call is like this, this like kind of like cutesy like... Mm. version of this it's like yeah your parents are bad people and like handle it handle it now don't like handle it only in this uh, situation that is very unlikely to happen oh god this reminded me of this should have been up top in the news portion but um that woman who was on fox news this week who was mad that her black son was suddenly talking about how he was black and how he was yeah 
how she was blaming critical race theory in schools for radicalizing her son and, quote, making him not want to do chores. I'm like, I love that you have a 15 year old son and you're like, he's not doing chores because of CRT. I'm like, he's not doing chores because he's a fucking teenager. Also, it sounds like you suck and he's doing yeah. whatever he can to rebel. Yeah. But uh, so this woman Turns was on out, Fox kids, News. Rebelling against a big old racist is good, actually. Uh, this woman was on Fox News and she was like, basically just being like critical race theory, but made my son weird. And now he's biracial, but now he refers to himself only as black and he's getting strength in numbers, a.k.a. he has black friends now. Um, so her son's in eighth grade and for a lot of, especially mixed kids, that is about the age where you start looking around and going, oh, wait a minute. I'm either more like these people I thought I was different from or less like them. But like a lot of self, self self-awareness starts happening. It's right around puberty. You know, all of that shit goes together. Like race does not uh, your own racial awareness does not develop separate of puberty. Like you're one being. So a lot of like stuff starts coming into view all around the same time. And this woman was basically blaming CRT for that. But it made me think about all of the parents of biracial children that whose, whose politics are not right, who are choosing to, uh, like I have no doubt that even the worst racists who raised by, who raised biracial kids love their kids. Most of them, I would hope, love their kids. But what they are doing is they're choosing to view them as white yeah. by way of extending their own white privilege to them, but also as a way to not have to deal yeah. with who they are or I mean, they love racism. They love a version, a vision of their kids, their vision of their right. kids. And it might may or may not be reality. Um, of course, you know, the dynamic between a parent also creates what that um, kid will be in some mm-hmm. way or at least influences it. So like, yeah, but like, you're not, I don't know. I mean, that's one of the prevailing themes of this podcast in a kind of probably a bad but necessary way, which is like, yeah, you're not, you're not your parents and your parents just because they raise you and love you doesn't make them good people. You know, mm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm them's them's the breaks like lots of lots of people who like you have a relationship that you could call love with um, might be bad people and like it's tricky to navigate but like that's that's like one of the you know we're seeing the consequences of just accepting those people just having love be um i guess like unconditional or just like Mm. you know if you love someone needing to at least accept every everything about them, which is just like, mm-hmm. sure. But that creates a lot of fucking hate and pain in the world. And what do you, or at, uh, at least enables a lot of hate and pain in the world. Maybe, maybe creates is not fair, but um, so I don't know. I don't fucking have a good solution, but like maybe again, I'm unsentimental to a personality flaw, but like you don't have to enable these fucking bigots. Nope. And I you can't tell me you don't have one friend who's a stable, who would be a good influence. Yeah. You can say, hey, I know you're not like Jones and have kids, but my parents are white supremacists. Yeah. So can I please, you know, in the unlikely event that something happens to both my partner and I, would yeah. you consider taking on this? Or like, yeah. I don't know, I, you know, it's like whatever else you do to like pass on legacies to your children who also may or may not um, 
abide by what your wishes are um, for good or for ill. But like, I don't know. Sure. In this hypothetical, your tools are things like letters or, Mm -hmm. you know, messages or lessons imparted while you can. And a big book called How to Act. And you just write down (laughs) all the shit of how to act right and live right. So that if they do fall into the hands of your, again, yeah. your words, latently, <laughs> yeah. latent white supremacist family members, uh, maybe yeah. they have a... Or like, here's the other way of looking at it. If you, you know, have the conversation that you should have with your parents and say, I don't want my kids raised with the values you you uh, espouse, and your parents can't respect your wishes enough to in this hypothetical, raise your kids that way, guess what? Your parents don't love you. Um, they are not treating you with respect. And it's I don't understand yeah. why you would afford them any sort of respect if they can't r- treat you that way. So, you know, it's like if you want the, like, you know, balls to the wall, this is the worst version of the thing that occurred, like, answer, that's it, which is like, if you if you can you know it sounds like the caller already knows they couldn't actually effectively have this conversation with their parents or their family, mm-hmm. and that means your family doesn't love actual you. They love the white supremacist version of you that they have in their heads. And guess what? You either are that person or you aren't. But like, you know, respecting their wishes um, or like continuing to have that relationship with them is not um, real or fair or responsible. Oh. Wow, I've been away for two weeks. I'm sorry about all that that just happened. I feel like I watched you come to life. I, like it, it was like, like time time lapse photography like, of like a flower blooming. It just like coalesced a, a butterfly in my brain just came out. <laughs> yep. You know, just taking the long road to saying "fuck your racist parents," <laughs> tell them to go yeah. fuck themselves. You needed a little warm up to get into it. Boy, did good. I ever! I feel rejuvenated. Still gonna take okay, a nap good. after this. Um, you ready for another? Well, we gotta do one more voicemail. <laughs> no, I know. We gotta I do know. a, a yoke we <laughs> live, and then I you know. can nap. Oh boy! Actually, I might have to go get a haircut. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's do another voicemail. <laughs> hey you, um, I'm a white guy who uh, grew up with a Mexican family because my biological father just disappeared when I was a kid, and the dude who raised me was Mexican. And when I turned 20, I changed my name uh, legally to fit his because he was my dad. Uh, so my whole life, I've always kind of thought of myself as Mexican. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that maybe claiming that identity isn't for me as a white dude. Um, but my whole family and my culture growing up, at least half of the time, was was Mexican. So my question for you is, what does that make me? That really, you Aww. know. I think this makes you kind of sweet in a way. I, I okay, here's why I think this person's sweet. I like the <laughs> way I like the way they laid this out. It from this v- short voicemail, it did not sound to me like and again, I don't know what they're doing in the rest of their life, but it did not sound to me like this person was inappropriately claiming something or inappropriately identifying with something that they are not. You know, the the truth is, is that race and culture are super complicated and layered and it is possible to be raised in a culture that is not your, quote, ethnic background. And, of course, that means you still have some ownership of it. You were raised by those people. Now, mm-hmm. if someone looks at you and sees your last name and says, hey, are you Mexican? The answer is no. But depending on how much time and how much you want to go into it with these people, there is a version of 
I was raised in a Mexican family mm-hmm. that yeah. is is an appropriate answer. Now, I'm I'm the queen of someone who doesn't want to explain my background to people. So when people ask <laughs> what I am, I just say black, uh, which some people disagree with me that I should even be saying. But that's that's how I like to live and <laughs> yeah. deal with strangers. The least yeah. information possible. Yeah. Um so you you kind of get to decide how much info you want to give to people, how much engagement, how much of your story you feel like, you know, dealing yeah. with. But there's nothing about what you said here that feels problematic to me. Well, it's also the, like, the answer is in the question. Like, what are you? You are a white guy who's raised by, like, uh, in a Mexican family and you took your... I think I think it was stepfather's last name, whatever. Um, I missed that part, but like, you know, that's that's it. Like you yeah. have it. You're you're not anything different than what you just said. Um, and the just like I think it's like making sure that you don't, you know, that you are aware of the differences between you and the family that raised you as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, your skin affords privileges, and like you know, you are. Um, Unfortunately or not, like on your own, as far as figuring that out goes, um, and like figuring out your relationship with that, not on your own, on your own, but your family will not have the tools to help you with that or to. And in the same way that your skin affords you privileges, your last name may be, you know, uh, may be causing you some disadvantage. It may be limiting some of your privilege. It may not be. Who knows? But. So that's why, yeah, it's complex and layered, but you're you're just getting a more <laughs> yeah. you're just getting a a, a more seasoned uh, approach to life than <laughs> your, your yeah. average white folks are. Yeah, but also you you like can still like, and I, it sounds like hopefully the caller is cognizant of this. It's like you are able to approach this from a position of privilege if you choose. Um, so yeah, and you you know will always more or less have that option. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I think, I think that, yeah, weirdly, it's like this thing where like, as I, you know, I said like, oh, the caller, you're kind of on your own, but it's like, it's also like, this might be glib, what I'm about to say, but it's like, it doesn't sound like they have that much to figure out really. Like, it just sounds I, like they kind of have it. I, I wonder if this is a case of like th- a uh, well-meaning person has started overthinking because they've been operating like they've probably been operating pretty much fine for their whole life. They probably yeah. haven't been doing anything too cringy or overstepping or appropriative or anything. They've probably just been fine because it sounds like they have a good sense of who they are and what their background is. And recently maybe have started overthinking because they're worried that their past actions were not fine for some reason. Yeah, that's that's the sense I'm getting is like, a, oh, no, but but have I been doing this wrong? Am I one of those bad Rachel Dolezal people? Oh, no, because right. that's what the Internet and media has, you know, gotten people to start thinking about now is like, oh, wait, am I inappropriately laying claim to something that is not my own? When and again, I don't know how you're living outside of this one minute voicemail, but just the sense I'm getting is that you're probably fine, but it never hurts to examine your behaviors, you know? Yeah, weirdly, I think that's, like, just right. Like, like I, I would a little bit argue it's not, like, overthinking, but, like, that's, like, the right amount of vigilance. Like, you're probably fine, mm. but the caller should just always feel like, am I doing the right thing? I'm going to throw yeah. this out there. Every white person should just have a little, little voice in the back of their head that's like, am I doing the right thing right now? Yeah. 
That's the oh, least you I, people could do. Jesus. I think I think a lot of people. I think that can go for everyone. Folks, yeah, <laughs> folks like myself, like light skinned black folk, biracial folk. There's a lot of like examining of language that I do of like, hmm, does this language super feel like it belongs to me? On paper, maybe it does, but does it sound and feel right coming out of my mouth? Would that make other people who were raised with different black experiences feel uncomfortable? You know, there's just like a, a light level of, or I don't know, maybe a moderate level of examination kind of always. Yeah, yeah, right. That It's like that constantly questioning yourself is what every good person should feel. Um, you see, like most of most of the horrible things in the world are seem like a direct result of people are like, "I'm fine, I'm doing right. the right thing." <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to examine or worry about. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's like the hallmark of a bad person is someone who like has not thought about it, but is sure they're a good person. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there are then, exceptions, but probably not. Because once you're practiced at that, you know, you can extend it to all these other things, to ableism, to, you know, any latent sexism that might be lingering around in you. And then you're just able to live a more aware and empathetic life where you're just a little more conscious of how your actions and words affect people around you and how they represent you. Because really, that's what this caller is talking about is like, am I okay the way I've been representing myself? Yeah. And the answer is like, possibly, but stay sharp. Stay sharp, stay questioning. <laughs> Never so, get comfortable. <laughs> in, so uh, with an eye towards achieving that result, we'll just say a blanket, no, you haven't been, but we can't tell you why not. <laughs> I'm that's gonna the say, real answer. That's Andrews. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to Goldilocks it. I'm going to be the mama bear, and I'm going to say, you probably have been, but stay sharp. You could slip it any time. All right, well, one or the other. It's the same, sort of the same results we're looking for. Um, like a good pickaxe. Yes. Stay sharp. Stay sharp. Stay sharp like a pickaxe. Or just jagged? I don't know. Uh, everyone, uh, just let, hit me up on Twitter at Andrew T. Uh, just tell me, send me pictures of the best pickaxe, everyone. Don't, don't tag Todd here, Kevin. Don't, don't tag... Trondy Newman or Kevin J. Bartelt on any social media, or definitely don't tag Yosis Racist or Suboptimal Pods on any social media. And whatever you do, don't call in 323-389-7223. That's 323-389-RACE to uh, leave uh, voicemails about racism. And you also don't need to go to suboptimalpods.com, the optimal place to subscribe to Andrew and Tani's podcast. That is where you mm-hmm. will not find ways to support our premium show content. So if you like our vibe, but you're sick of the crushing weight of racism, uh, you can subscribe to a couple different membership levels there where you could get all kinds of fun bonus content. Um, yeah. And if you are if you live in, uh, in or near Boston, do not mark out July 16th on your calendar to see us uh, at some venue. Uh, or if you're in Minneapolis, do not uh, do not save July 30th, Austin, July, August 20th, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. September 10th. Definitely, 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 definitely do not set those days aside to see us mm-hmm. live um, because I forgot what the beginning of this bit was. Yeah. We won't be performing. <laughs> we won't be performing. Yeah. 
just don't do it. Um, okay, uh, everybody, don't stop listening to this podcast. Welcome to over. the show. <laughs> don't even start. Okay, peace. This is Suboptimal.